0: Hey, i'm jesse let's have a devotion we're working our way piece by piece through romans chapter eight It's part of our series for real this time my hope is that you would learn what it is to keep in step with the holy spirit of god and our challenge this week has been to journal what the holy spirit lays in our hearts again the litmus test for that is is it consistent with scripture if it's contrary to scripture that's demonic all right if it's inconsistent with scripture that's likely something that came out of your own crazy head but If the Holy Spirit of God has laid something on your heart, it's going to be consistent with Scripture. No, you are not an additional prophet who's going to add on to the counsel of God. The book of Revelation makes this clear. The book of Daniel makes this clear. that The curses in this book are upon those who add on to or take away from the whole counsel of God. So, in keeping in step with the Holy Spirit of God, and and looking at the Holy Spirit's ministries, both as we are, uh, we we see acts of righteousness flow through our lives as we put to death the things of the flesh, as we follow the Holy Spirit's lead. We even see the eternal consequences. That same Holy Spirit, that same power that resurrected Jesus, will resurrect our mortal bodies. This this is the 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 the, the scope and the scale of the Holy Spirit's ministry goes beyond the grave for us. I mean. what a powerful thing it is to tap into a fellowship with the holy spirit of god every single day it's where you take on eternal life beginning right now you don't have to wait until you die you can tap into that same exact power Every single day, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit of God, listening to the Spirit as He convicts you for sin, fills you with love for His church, love for Him, love for others, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And all of this too, that Holy Spirit is part of an intimate communion with a holy God. We saw at the end of yesterday's text, that all of those who are led by God's spirit are God's sons. This leads into this text, Romans chapter eight, verse 15, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, ABBA father, the spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. All right, this term glorification, this is going to come up in the text. As Romans chapter 8 continues, you see this perfect chain of redemptive events within the plan of God. All right, the text will, will go on. Uh, uh to say those he foreknew those whom god foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would not so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and those he predestined he also called and those he called he also justified and those he justified he also glorified Now, that comes later on in the text, and we're going to get to that one, but I wanted to show how it is akin to this text, both here in the terms of glorification and also in the concept of being co-heirs with Christ. So glorification is the final step. We've already seen this uh, mentioned and that our mortal bodies will be brought to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's glorification. That's the day that we finally do have that perfect peace and perfect self-awareness. Remember the spider diagram? I made that also kind of made fun of liberals. Sorry, liberal friends. This is what that's pointing to: the day that everything's made new. Death is no more. The old order of things is gone, and your dwelling is directly with God. He is your source of light. For crying out loud, that's glorification. Now, what does it say before that, though? This is this is elemental. I'm going to kind of work more, work our way backwards through this chunk of text. We suffer with Him. If you're going to be a co-heir with Christ it sounds awesome to say, like, great, I'm going to inherit a mansion in heaven, right? That sounds nice, that idea of mansions, uh, that there's a whole story, of biblical translation behind that, really, it's just dwelling places. But uh, the idea of inheriting heaven with Christ, that sounds great, right? But are you really aware of what it means to be a co-heir with Christ, because what else do you inherit? Then what else do you you live in? You do not earn your own salvation through suffering, but you're also gonna share in the sufferings of Christ. In fact, your sufferings are an elemental part of the process of what we call sanctification, that God gets glory through your suffering. And as you suffer, as you share in the sufferings of Christ, you know that you are a co-heir with him. At the end of this suffering, according to the biblical text, is glorification. In fact, it's conditional that you suffer if indeed we suffer with him so that we also may be glorified with him. If you're going to be a child of God, you're going to share in the sufferings of Christ. Why? Because you really are a child. You're an you're an heir. You're, heir, you're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Take a minute to let the enormity of those three words, forming a title that applies to you and I, let it overwhelm you because it should. What is so dramatically unfair about this is that we are co-heirs with the perfect one, while we are deeply imperfect, that we would inherit what Jesus would inherit seems scandalous, right? Unless you consider what the grace of God has accomplished by the grace of god you and i are looked upon as though we have the righteousness of jesus we share in christ's righteousness because we have his spirit we have his spirit because we've confessed that he's lord those who believe in the Son have eternal life, but those who do not have the Son do not have eternal life because God's wrath remains on them. It is our belief in Jesus, faith alone, Christ alone, made possible by the Holy Spirit that we've been talking about all week, that we are co-heirs with Christ. We are imputed with His righteousness. The book of hebrews would refer to him as a propitiation think of it like a substitute the one who would go to the cross for us this is penal substitutionary atonement that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him hey wait a minute jesse that sounds like isaiah you know what you're right henry it is isaiah and we're going to get there in chapters 52 and 53 but first come back to this text with me we are co-heirs with christ we are God's children, all right? We saw this. This is this is contiguous from the previous verse. Those who have Christ's Spirit uh, are God's sons, all right? That we with a lowercase s. That's important. Okay, do you hear me? <laughs> False teachers, lowercase s. The word "sons of God" could refer to demons and angels and you and me, all right. But the capital s son of God is only one of those. But we are God's children. The Spirit. Testifies together with our spirit. This is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. Jesus would describe uh, uh, would describe one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit as one who is an uh, like it would describe rather the ministry of Jesus as an as an advocate for us before the Father, and the Holy Spirit is also praying on our behalf. Isn't that cool? That the Spirit and the Son are praying for you are testifying on your behalf this describes however an intimate relationship between the spirit of god and your own spirit that this spirit it says testifies together see that word the spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are god's children this is contiguous from verse 9. In fact if you don't have the holy spirit you're not one of god's children but if indeed you are in christ you put to death the deeds that are putting you to death and then you live the spirit testifies together with our spirit that we are god's children and because we have the spirit of god we know that we are god's sons but look at the look at the the cry of the spirit that is that is adopted by god this Abba uh, is not merely a, uh, a famous, like, you know, disco band. Uh, it's, it's the Aramaic word for father. Now, we've had some recent movements within Christianity, sort of uh, like, you know, like hipster Christianity. Um, I've been called a hipster before on the internet, which I think is really funny. Um, but no, the part of like hipster Christianity, what was kind of called the emerging church and, and now is sort of nowhere to be seen, would it would take this a little bit too far because of the intimate connotations of Abba, it was it sort of began to profligate around such churches that the word Abba is is tantamount to the word daddy, and that's not entirely the case. Rather, this is just an Aramaic word for father. Right? The text says, "By His Spirit we cry out, Abba, Father." Within this text, I believe is. Another biblical tenet for the immutability of salvation. All right, I've been misunderstood on this before, so let me make make sure that prefix im, I-m, is very clear. Immutability of salvation, meaning your salvation cannot be taken away from you. God is a good father. Jesus drew upon this, speaking firsthand as the capital S son of God in speaking about how we don't receive because we don't ask, you know, we give good gifts to our children and we're we're evil. Like we're sinful. We we're we have this natural proclivity unto sin. We live in these bodies of death. We are wretches as Paul saw in our, uh, Paul wrote in, in, in Romans seven, our sermon text from this past weekend. And if you and I who are evil and are prone to depravity are, are able to give our kids you know, bread instead of a stone when they're hungry. If they ask for something, we don't give them a snake. Ha <laughs> ha! Here you go, punk. Like if we know how to give good gifts to our children, then how much better is God as a good father? And a good father does not unadopt his children. Okay. A good father, as Jesus has attested, the father is a good father. And he says that firsthand as the son of God, a good father would not adopt a child and then be like, Haha, psych, go to hell. Rather, here's what it means to be adopted. You do not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, you now by the Holy Spirit can speak directly to God the Father. It's immense. This was not a transaction. The child being adopted brings no money to the table. Rather, it is wholly an act of grace. I love this about adoption. My wife and I began the adoption application process. And we're actually a couple of steps into the process when, uh, you know, surprise, we're pregnant and we were trying to adopt a baby girl from Hong Kong. Uh, but we had too many kids at that point. And so that ship set sail, but I have immense respect for those who do adopt because I think it's a picture of the gospel look at this you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear we'll talk about that in a second instead you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out abba father i believe Romans 8:15 is an immense biblical proof of the perseverance of the saints all right that you do not lose your salvation because when you're saved you are adopted as a child a child of god a co-heir with Christ, and you can speak to your father. So working our way backwards again, and this is our final, final phrase we're going to look at. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Jesse, where does this fear come from? Well, over and over again, Paul has shown us that the mindset of the flesh is death. The mindset of the, uh, of sin, the law of sin is going to lead to death, all right? The, and, and that's a scary thing, but you don't have to be afraid anymore because you are not obligated to the flesh. We saw that in a previous devotion. You're not obligated to do the things that kill you. You don't have to do them. By the Spirit, you can put those deeds to death. As a result, you're not slave to sin. Rather... You are a child of God. This is what uh, this is the biblical inspiration behind. Um, no longer slaves, a prominent worship song. I'm no longer a slave uh, to fear. I am a child of God. It's coming from this text, of Romans chapter eight, uh, verses fifteen through seventeen, uh, and it is it is pretty beautiful in that in that that chorus lyric. All right, we did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. God didn't give you that sense of fear, like I'm doomed. I've seen this before. Uh, I, I I saw a guy come to Christ who was kind of a player, you know, uh, in his college years and his bachelor years, and he got saved and man, everything was different but his fear was like, Jesse, I'm afraid. I know that God's calling me now to be a husband. I know that I'm burning with passion, so I know I'm I know I'm not called to celibacy and singleness, all right? There may be guys out there like the Jim Elliots who are called to go and uh, give their lives, you know, wholly to the mission field, and maybe there's a, a a woman crazy and holy enough to go with them, but I don't think I'm one of those guys. I, I you know, because uh, by the way, Jim Elliot did marry Elizabeth Elliot, but he's saying, I, I'm not one of those guys who feels called to lifelong singleness, but I do know that that means I'm called to marriage. And if I'm called to marriage, that means I gotta be a faithful husband. I'm just scared that I'm gonna go back to my old ways and I'm gonna cheat on this incredible woman who I don't even know who she is yet. And we came to this text. Look, you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You don't have to be afraid of your old ways. Rather, you've received a spirit of adoption. You are a child of God now. Let this put your past failures into perspective. They're not gonna cause God to unadopt you. By that spirit, you can speak directly to Him. By that spirit, you repent from sin. By that spirit, you felt conviction for sin in the first place. By that spirit, you have love for God. You have love for your church. You have love for others. By that spirit, you know you are a child of God. You don't need to be afraid anymore. You are a co-heir with Christ. You're going to suffer in this life, and in that regard, you have a puny, tiny, infinitesimal fraction of the sufferings of Christ by which you can better appreciate the cross, but what's awesome is that you are also then glorified with Christ. Man, I pray that this this text of Romans has been a blessing to you. There is more to see. Would you join us in church tomorrow? I'll see you there.